All right, back after the break. Hello, 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 hello. This is the Rockstar Lawyer Project. Uh, Rob the Brit, Lawyer Greg, coming to you. We're going to talk about the Great Flood. Not the Great Flood from the Bible, but the Great Flood in my office that happened a few weeks ago. And also about listening to the universe. Because there's so many times, and you know, on this show, what we do is we simply talk about running a business, yeah, the things we're going through, and what we see as a solution or bright side, always the bright side, the glass half full approach, because that's how running a business is, is its ups and downs. And how to deal with those, how I deal with those, how we deal with those. And uh, and some simple solutions sometimes that I find um, just through looking at sometimes bad situations in a positive light. How about that? Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today is listening to the universe. Because so many times the universe is telling us, everything around us is telling us, to make changes or act a certain way or do a certain thing. I mean, it could be, you know, you need to make some lifestyle changes because you're going out on the weekends and partying too hard. You get a little too old for that. And you can't recover as quick and it's eating into your Mondays. You know, it could be that you're not, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, your liver's telling you, sending you signals, <laughs> right? You know, your friends are telling you, um, you know, your girlfriend's telling you, I don't know, or maybe she left you, you know, boyfriend, whatever. I mean, there's tons of different things in life that, that send us signals. There's this story about, uh, you know, this this family in a flood. You know, the guy, the husband's out there on the roof. He's praying to God. He's like, you know, God, send me a, you know, send me a sign. Rescue me. Come get me. You know, it's, help me out. And then, you know, this guy comes by in a boat. Says, hey, man, you need you guys need a lift? You know, it's, water's getting high. He's like, no, no, you know. Go ahead, you know, I'm praying to God, he's gonna he's gonna save us, he's gonna do this, he's gonna save us. Then this guy come by in a helicopter and throws down a ladder, he says, Come on, on up, man. You know, I got you, let's go, let's let's get the kids up first, let's roll. And uh, the guy says, you know, God's gonna save us. It's good. We're you know, God's gonna intervene, God's gonna gonna help us. And anyway, um, water starts getting high, it gets higher, it gets higher, you know. These guys are you know, on their last Speaking of floods, by the way, they're, they're on they're on their last you know leg. They're they're going to go under you know in a little bit. And he says, you know, God, what what's going on? Why why have you forsaken me? You know why? You know I, I prayed to you. You know we've been good. We've been loyal. You know fans. I guess we've been, we've been <laughs> devout sense. followers. You know I guess we've been been good good people. And uh, you know God booms down and says, look, you know man, I sent you. Look, son, I sent you a, a rowboat. You know, I sent you a boat to pick you up. You know, yeah. yeah. Sent you a helicopter. You know, the and that, you know, and you didn't take it. I mean, what's going on? Because he didn't pay attention to to the people that were trying to help him right in front of him, or the signs that were right in front of his face, right? Um, and he's just waiting for this some divine intervention, which I experienced with the great flood. I think. Literally a But literally many times, if you're looking at what the universe is, is saying or listen to the universe, a lot of the times you're not getting sent stuff that 
you expect. It's not like the universe is going down you, and giving you a nice pat on the back. sending you a helicopter with a, with a ladder. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's more like there's just some driftwood floating by and you could have hopped on it and what you didn't know is you'd wind up, I don't know, floating to dry land in a few minutes or something. You know? but, uh, but yeah, no, a lot of times it's like um, just something you know and something you put up with like a bad employee, maybe a bad manager in your office. Right. right. That That is a roadblock to progress. But then fear can get in the way. Your ego can get in the way. Well, yeah. Pride can get in the way. Complace, complacency. Complacency. Yeah. Scared. To, and that's a part of fear too. It's just being comfortable where you are. or And even the, what you can put up with in life can be amazing too. Oh, absolutely. Right? Rather than change. Yes. Rather than make a well, change. Well, people seem to hate change. Right. I, don't, I, I like change. I think change is great. Change I get excited. Is, change, change is life. Life is change. But I, it's always amusing to hear someone say, I hate change. I mean, I hate change. It's, it's fabulous. The opportunities are there in change. The op- opportunities are always there in change. That's true. There's opportunity in chaos. There's opportunity yeah. in disaster. We've talked about opportunity in disaster. Well, what, what was, with regards to the, the great flood that we're talking about sure. in your office, in what, office. Was, what, is, what are we talking about with regards to opportunity there? Because that seemed like a real, it was a, a, a bad thing to happen. It was a real shitty day. <laughs> <laughs> so me and, me and Rob are, are walking in the office Sunday at 1 o'clock, okay, to go back and record a podcast, oddly enough. And but we had. Which we did record do, later that day. We were going to do it at another time. At your house, I think. We went somewhere else. We were at my house. We yeah. My house. And, uh, and there's a water pipe that burst that's spewing out like a jet stream of water all over the dude. This was this was a water pipe top in the, the ceiling. Yeah, top of the office. Right. Brought down all the ceiling tiles, get computers and phones wet, and I immediately spring into save a computer and phone action and start hauling computers and phones up front. Yeah. So so a lot of water. And I I really didn't freak out that much about it. I didn't I, I didn't think. No, I didn't get that didn't, freaked out about didn't. it. I was actually quite impressed because I know you were being, and I know that things are going to work out just fine, right? We just need to fix it. You know, it sucked. I got a little panicky there for a little bit when I couldn't get a hold of anybody, right? But you know, and I want to talk about all the opportunity that went out because there were, was a ton. Yeah. So that's what happened, okay? And that could equal a really bad day because some of my files were in that area, and my files are important, the client files, okay? Yes, and. You know, we spent about a week drying them out with hair dryers. So, you know, there's a lot of things that came out of the flood that are so apparent to me now that needed to change in my office that that had to change, that I knew needed to change. And it was amazing when I was forced to change or when a mandatory change was thrust upon me and tragic situation almost that I changed with ease. Right. The, a lot of those decisions were made for me with the great flood. Well, do you think that with regards to the universe? So we should, it shouldn't take the flood. No, the universe was sending me signals all along and I knew I wanted to go paperless with our documents. What was, what was it? Screaming at you, throwing crap at you saying, Oh, yeah, hey, man. listen up. 
yeah, I mean, you know, tons of different things with where I knew that I wanted to go paperless. I had a whole system set up to go paperless. And we just didn't do it. The motivation wasn't there to put our resources toward it and do it. But I bet you when you spend a week drying out all your files, you know, or some of your files, and all your office staff is not working, but they're doing, you know, cleaning up the office and drying out paper for a week, then that's time to go paperless. Yes. So you do it. So you buy scanners for everybody's desk, which is what we've been doing one a week for everybody's desk. So they have desktop scanners for convenience that are quick, that scan everything into PDF, give the client back their original docs and roll. Trash the paper. And we have everything backed up. But it did take an event to make this happen. It did take an event to make it happen. It took the flood to make it happen, to say, look, dummy, you know, you know, you've been thinking about this for a long time. You know, you needed to do it. You had the whole system set up to do it. Yeah. It takes a lot. Spend the money and do it. It takes an awful lot of trust. Buy the scanners. Devote your employee, an employee to scanning. Do it. Right. And automatically, what does that do? It frees up your work to easily be worked on by contractors, even out of the office, which I have already, who are easily able to jump into that department, which is our benefits department, and start working on cases because we had them all scanned up. I mean, it's a... It's amazing. I'll start here. So the water pipe burst and there's a flood in the office. Half the office is under two inches of water. You know, uh, I lost one computer, luckily, and that's it because I got the rest of them out of the way in the phones, out of the way and dried out. Uh, We didn't really lose any paper and we were able to scan, uh, you know, the funky paper. How about that? Uh, The paper had a lot of body after we dried it all out. It was like twice as big. The files were twice as big after they're wet and then you dry them out. Oddly enough. Because you dry them with a hairdryer. So, um, there was someone in my office that was a block to progress. Mm-hmm. That was our office manager. And that person quit because of the flood. That one person was coming off vacation, they refused to come to work. They moved on and they quit because of the flood. They they were scared to come in. They made up, you know, said that they were they didn't want to come in to a wet office or you know it might have a health issue. And it was it had happened like less than twenty four hours when I had this conversation with this person. This person was yelling at me, right, flipping out over the flood and having to come in in those conditions. I didn't care about my employees, which is crap. We had spent the whole day, me and my team, drying out the office, cleaning up the office, and had a bonding experience. I bought pizza for everybody, you know, and we had a great day, a great bonding experience. But that person didn't want any part of that. That person could only see the bad in it and and the, the bad part of that. So you know what that person did? Quit on the spot, on the bone, right. and didn't come in. That's a person I've been scared to lose. I've been scared to death of losing that person. Because I thought that person, I thought I couldn't make it without that person. That person was a pain in my ass for so, a long time. So what happened? For over a year, for a year and a half. What happened because of that? Well, I thought that person was invaluable, and, and, I, and I couldn't get that person. I had tried to get that person to transition, okay? 
from where they were stuck, hoarding information, scared of change, to open up, train other people, let go of knowledge, okay, involve other people in that department. I couldn't make it happen. I couldn't bring that person to the point. And I did everything I could, okay, to work with this person and bring them to a point where they could step up to the next level and be open and free, right, and, and trusting with, with information, with other people. And I don't know why you'd want to hold on to information like that. Maybe control, control, job security. I, I don't know. But it, but it, the, and, and that's another thing. The tighter you hold on to things like that, the more you get what you don't want. Right. Okay. Right. Because we were coming to a point where I couldn't deal with that person's attitude. And that person was a roadblock to our progress, period. So that being the case. Um, I was scared. I, I, it was my problem and my responsibility. I was scared to let that person go. I was scared to fire that person. So that, and, but I had set standards for myself. I said, you know, I'm no longer going to be treated badly. I'm not going to be talked to badly. I'm not going to allow an employee to yell at me or freak out, right. which happened from time to time. So I got yelled at that evening after the flood. And I said, look, that's, I'm not going to take that right anymore. And that person flipped out and quit. That person can no longer control me. That person could, you know, no longer she could not deal with the boundaries I'd set. And it was a change and couldn't deal with the change. So and where did that lead you? So I, but I knew that I should have made that decision six months to a year before. Mm-hmm. That person had pissed off a lot of different associates that I worked with and people I worked with and doing my job mm-hmm. that were happy. Right. That person's no longer here. Okay. Right. So it made relations better with our associates immediately. Okay. When they found out. Right. And I communicated with my associates. We sent letter out, letters out to our clients, had our clients. In. We've had a positive response. So we have a better feeling from our clients and our associates about our business. And within the business, it's like Darth Vader left the building. Okay. <laughs> it is. It's a cloud of like a dark clouds lifted off the whole, the whole firm. Well, it's incredible how much that can affect everybody around. It, it is amazing when you remove a cancer like that from the yeah. locker room, like uh, the great coach Vince Lombardi would say. If you remove the cancer from the locker room, mm-hmm. it's amazing what a positive effect it has. Everything changes. The whole dynamic changes of your group. Right. Yeah. And now the person at the range is a positive person with a glass half full approach who is a great leader and steady hand for our team. Within 24 hours of that person leaving, I didn't freak out about that either. I didn't let my, my blood pressure, my BP to go high. I kept a cool head, which I think is important because there's been many yeah. times when I haven't kept a cool head and flipped out about things or, or lost it, you know, yeah, or cried absolutely. about it, you know, or gotten depressed about things. And that doesn't help. So I kept a cool head. You know why? Because I've had those experiences before mm-hmm. where I know that we're going to make it through. Immediately, I, I started calling resources. We already had somebody training in that department that I stepped up and said, look, you're the point person in that department. You're committed now. 
okay, physically in the office. I had a con- contractor who also did benefits, not for us, did other things for us. I called her and immediately she took on a, a larger role with our firm and leadership role of training our in-house person that was not as trained, right? That was in the process of training. So I've got a contractor outside the office who's a great organizer. And I've found that sometimes working with contractors is just as easy or easier than working with in-office personnel, by the way. If you're a good contractor, you're just going to bill for what you work. Right. So, you you know, in the end, you're just paying for the work you get as an employer. Yeah. It's a good relationship for both parties. And you got to be good at what you do because it's apparent if you're not, if you're a contractor. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's harder to, to hide things. So anyway, we got a great person automatically in to take over the range there. And we have another contractor, okay, that we use for a different aspect of our practice and our business mm-hmm. that the really skilled contractor in, the, in this area, in the benefits area, is training the, the second contractor how to do it as well. So overnight, within 24 hours, and I did this while on the phone the next day, or the two, two days after the flood, middle, midway through the day, I left town and went to Orlando, Florida to join my family on vacation. Okay? I peaced out. I had had enough. I needed some rest, so I went. And, <laughs> and, and they were already going anyway, and it was a good chance for me to join them. It seemed like well. a sign, too. It was a sign, yeah, too. You yeah. have to take those opportunities. And my wife wanted me to get out of town and go hang out with them, so I did. So I took a break, which is rare for me. But I took a freaking break. I was proud of myself. So there's a lot of things that the flood brought about. Okay. Spent good time with my family, got much needed R&R, rest and recharge. And on like the nine, 10 hour trip down there, I stayed on the phone for probably eight of those hours talking to business associates, rallying them, mm-hmm. communicating with them, talking to my staff making sure everything was okay here. Our staff came together like nobody's business. The flood was the single best retreat or, or, or uh, camaraderie building, team building experience we could have ever had. So this even... We were forged by fire or forged by water is more accurate. This, this had an effect on the people you work with. Oh, yeah. From other industry. And the person that is now my, my, the person that is now my office manager truly shined and others shined during that time and, and stepped up and ran the office and said, you go get some rest. We got this. We got you. Okay. And they did. So I had to get out of my own damn way. Right. A little bit, which is routinely what you need to do as a manager. Well, you've got to get past that fear. The control. You've got to get and the past fear. It. Letting go. And so literally so you ask, ask yourself, what's yes, the opportunity? Yes, it, there are tons. I mean, there's more opportunity. Yes, tons of opportunity has come out of this. And it also, yes, you ask if it improved relations with other business associates. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Almost overnight. Yes. That's scary how that had chilled relationships that that we still did business with, but it had chilled because of one person with major control and a bad attitude. Okay. So, yeah. So plus 
overnight, you know, ideas that would get shot down of mine, right, and not accomplished are now able to be filled in and accomplished. And anything's possible. Anything's possible just with a different outlook. Yeah. Okay. It feels it feels like you've got that opportunity now that that ability to look past and do whatever you plus I learned. I learned to set boundaries and deal with difficult employees. I learned to set boundaries, things I will not put up with anymore. Mm-hmm. I will not be placed. I will not allow myself to be in that position anymore. Okay? So you're actually putting that down on paper though, to say to people, okay, this is the limit. This is what you can do. This is what you cannot How do. How about I just know that that I will not – I would. It, it is important to give up control to the right people. Yes. Okay. We will follow our hiring processes and procedures to the T, and we will trust them. Right. You don't score high enough on the test, you don't make it. If I don't, if I don't like you, you don't make it. <laughs> right? You don't get hired yeah. if we meet. Right? If you're not a good fit, we get really clear for the job description. Yeah. If you're not a good fit and it's clear, you're not a good fit. If there's a gut feeling, we trust it and move on. Yeah. There's a peer interview. If, if, if the rest of the office doesn't like you, right, or the office manager doesn't like you for any reason, right, or you don't jive, doesn't think you're a good fit, you're not, you're not a good fit. Yeah. I mean, those things are important. Yeah. So you pay attention to those. Plus your company. And you start to see red flags. Yeah. They become apparent. So I think the better you are at hiring and clearer you are on who you're hiring and more time you take and trust the process, the better team you're going to select. Yeah, I mean, we have spoken about that before, about the whole company personality. And longevity yeah. in those positions. I mean, if you really can run long with, with, with a good team, you know, I mean – and we spoke about that in The Pain of Hiring Badly, which is a chapter in Multimulti. I mean, I could write a whole book on Hiring Badly. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was that was with, is it Tim Blackwell? Is that right? He Tim did probably Tim. contribute a lot to that. And Tim knows a lot about hiring. That's all he does. So so uh, what else happened from the flood? Yeah, so, 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 you know, not only did my relations with other companies and, and other agencies improve, but also my inner office relationships improved. My opportunities opened up. And I didn't have to fire anybody, they just quit. Which is but but really but yeah, but really it's uh it's a foregone conclusion if you develop boundaries for yourself and your business. And that's a really important important message too. What do you mean? The clearer you can get on your vision, what you're going to put up with, what your boundaries are, what you're going to accept, what you expect from yourself and your business. Yeah. The quicker you can move and make decisions and trust and the quicker everything around you is going to align according to those values and rules. Whether you have to fire people or they quit. Right. Sometimes people, the universe will make those decisions for you. Yeah. So that's just some of the byproducts of the flood. And again, I should have made that decision for myself a long time ago. And you could say, oh, well, what about unemployment? What about whatever, man? Hmm. You know, what's more important to you, right? Yeah. 
I mean, getting a great team and not handing the reins over to somebody. I mean, you know, I'm talking to myself here. Who you shouldn't have, okay? Um, I freed up a ton of overhead with that decision, too, that was not made by me, but kind of made by me, right, in these setting boundaries. Yeah. So a ton of overhead was freed up very quickly. And instead of having a situation where information wasn't being shared, we had a bottleneck, we can only do as much work as that one person can do, which has to be stressful on that person mm -hmm. with that attitude. Okay. Yeah. We immediately freed up the information and the workflow to multiple people and spread it among three people immediately. And the people with those, the great attitudes that work now in that department would be glad to share that with 10 more people and train them. Right. Which is amazing. That's blue ocean, baby. I mean, this whole thing is blue ocean. It's also, the blue, man. Also, with the it's idea. It's all the opportunities. There's yeah. always opportunity. With the idea of, oh, yeah, yeah there is. Absolutely. If you see the, if you look for the opportunity. But, and it's not hard to find. Yeah. You just have to get out of the attitude or look from the different perspective than the, the piss poor attitude or oh, woe is me attitude. Right. That's why I didn't get upset with the flood because I've just done this too long. Plus, I've invested in the blue ocean and the blue. I'm not even going to call it the ocean. I don't know like the term. It's just having, the blue. A, it's having an effect on you. The right? blue is effective as a, compared to the red. Yeah. Just a. Really, the blue is really coming from a place of positivity and love. It's one of those places that once you've gone there, you can't really turn back. Once you turn it on and really get it, I agree with you. I think you can, but you recognize it really quickly. Yeah. You start going negative. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you start fighting things out and quickly that, realize when you get into that territory. And that learning is, to realize when you get in that territory is important. There is no then, then, then you need to 180 and say, look, you know, I'm in a. I'm not in a good spot here. What's the opportunity? How can I get out? There's always a lifeline or a rope there to pull you to the blue. But there is an, that is an interesting point about being negative. Most people don't realize how negative they are most of the day. And most of the people are negative as shit the entire yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, if you really <laughs> ask yourself, see if you can recognize when you're being negative, right. you're going to suddenly find that you're doing a hell of a lot more than you think. Right. And that doesn't mean you can't be shrewd, you know, and you can't oh, no, get things no. done quickly. Yeah. I mean, you can turn it around. It just yeah. takes some effort. Right. I mean, time. It, it, doesn't mean yeah, it doesn't mean, you know, you got to be such a nice guy. You know what I mean? Or it doesn't mean you're being weak either. It, you know, right. that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about making decisions. In fact, there is no more shrewd way to operate than looking for the decision. And knowing that, that there is a decision or multiple decisions, really a limitless amount of decisions mm -hmm. that will benefit everyone in a positive way as opposed to the one that hurts everyone, yeah, including yourself in the end. So, so um, amazing what happened. I mean, freed up a ton of overhead, you know, already had these other people on payroll. So I got more money to play with and to hire with. So now we're hiring another staff member. And also something that this is the flood. It wasn't necessarily to do with this employee, 
it was well, the flood had nothing to do with the employee. No, but the but it did it the did. effect. But it did. the effect of the flood also brought about another benefit to you, yeah. which was which we we were talking about before we started the the podcast was your looking at being a landlord in a different way. So yeah, so so it reinforced the fact that I bought a building, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, if I ever had any questions about that decision, and I did. I, I mean, even though I fought for that decision, sometimes it's hard for me to recognize mm-hmm. whether I'm fighting just to win or fighting because I really want something. Right. I still haven't conquered right. that one, okay? Because I like to win. <laughs> and it pisses me off when I can't do something. Or others tell me I can't do something. How about that? Yeah. And whether I'm just being one likes being a rebellious. They, yeah, when I'm just being a rebellious shit, you know, and trying to, to win, you know? Mm-hmm. Or 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 this is really something I wanted to do. Okay. I mean what did this flood teach you about being a landlord? Number one, it taught me I, I made the right decision to go buy my own damn building and control right. my own fate, right? To be in control. Number two, I don't have any overhead plumbing over there. Okay, so I'm like, yes, okay, and and I need to jump on that and really get get pushing on that, which I did. Okay, so we're really pushing hard on that. Now. And then you found you found on, 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 on fixing up doing an upfit at the other building, which is taking a couple of months. Yeah, but but then you know my current landlord, he had a crew of people over here within a matter of minutes. Yeah, he was fast. So I need to have. I need to make relationships with people who can do that for me and have yeah. my crew at the ready. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I'm going to be a landlord for myself. Right. And, and I want to do other real estate investments, right. Apartment buildings, things like that. I got to develop my crew. Really that's part of it. And then there, you know, he had a carpet guy that was coming in that would tell me every day he came in like for a week and I'm getting, I met with him one time before I left. And then I'm in Orlando getting reports of the carpet guy came in again today. It stinks to high heaven in here. You know, it stinks to high heaven. It's mildewed. It smells like mildew, you know. What are we going to do, Greg? He says he can't clean it because it's soaked down to the concrete. And it's wet. And I'm like, dude, call this other guy. Call Tracy Walker, Walker Carpet Care. Okay. So Tracy comes over. He's like a carpet genius. He's a textile engineer, okay, who cleans. It just happens to have a cleans carpets, and that's what right. he's really into, okay, right. and expanding that business. So he comes over. He has an extractor, which extracts all the water, okay? The other business didn't have that, couldn't do that. So I hook Dave White, my, my landlord. I hook the landlord up with Tracy Walker, the carpet cleaner, the carpet genius, Mm-hmm. And now I've made that connection for him. That's the second connection, by the way, if you're listening to Tracy, that I've made for you like that. That's big time because Dave owns a lot of buildings. Okay. And uh, I need to start getting some kind of kickback. Okay. <laughs> I need a piece of your business. Because, uh, you know, he comes over, he cleans up, pulls all the water out. Okay. Puts some big humidifiers in, cleans the carpet, deodorizes them. And within 24 hours, all the smell's gone and the carpet's dry. Right. Done. He could have come in at first and done that, right? Like several days earlier. And we would have been back in business quicker. Yeah. So we're totally back in business, you know, in a few days. And I've helped make a networking relationship for a friend of mine who was also, Tracy's in a networking 
group called B&I with me, okay? And if you buy any other buildings, you may need them again. Oh, and I know that if I have something like that, I'm calling Tracy to fix it right away. Yeah. You know, I kind of have my own disaster crew to bring in. Right. And worst case scenario, I'm actually in a networking nice. group with a disaster specialist that fixes things, okay? It works with insurance. And to have right. freaking renter's insurance. That's another thing that it can teach a renter. Get renter's insurance, you dummies. Because I didn't have it, okay? And but I, was, luckily, I, I, I also was in the disaster <laughs> management arena. Right. I was a phys- sure. physical anthropologist before that. So if you ever, That's a big end. If you ever it's a huge buy a disaster. building with a body in it, I can help you out. Yeah, I mean. A, well, a skeleton at least. There you go. If I, if I have a skeleton in the building. If I do, I'm probably going to run out screaming. <laughs> so, so yeah, so so it taught me how to be more about being a landlord. So I learned a ton there. I went paperless, man. We just started scanning stuff, you know. Yeah. We scanned everything. Everything's now paperless, and we have a process for that. And I'm putting a scanner on everybody's desk because convenience. I think uh, how, how it, I think there is a saying. If not, I'm going to make it right now. Convenience fosters compliance. That's why yeah, we have like like multiple paper shredder boxes around the, the office because we want it to be mandatory that that happens so you don't have to walk a mile to, to put things in the shredder shredder box. We want a scanner on everybody's desk so everybody paperless scans. So convenience fosters compliance. I've written that down just in case that is you. Yeah, and I have to look it up. I think there's something like that out there that I've heard before. But similar. But I already knew I needed to do all these things. Yeah. I just didn't because I didn't want to spend the money. I was holding on to things too tight. But you know what? The flood made all these things happen. I think God got tired of waiting on me to move quicker. A great flood. Yeah. That's right. And my team was built so much stronger. The office manager now showed herself and stepped up to the plate and took care of things. Well, if, if anyone's got any questions about what we're talking about or comments, where can they get in touch with us? So, you know, The listen to the universe thing, let me just throw that out, this out there, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say it enough. We, If we all sit down right now, I could do it. I know the next thing that I need to do is write down all our processes and procedures. And I don't need to do it myself. I need to have the people who do the job do it because I need a new process and procedures manual. And I want to get that before I hire another attorney. Right. And I want to hire another attorney, Okay but I don't want to bring him or her in before I have every job position detailed out. Right. And I'm not there yet. So I know I need to do that. I know I need to start inviting my clients to what's called a client portal. I'm going to write these things down right now. What is a client portal? A client portal in an online portal. That's right. We have a secure portal where the clients can upload the documents themselves. And as we're uh, 
automating the benefits process more and more, mm-hmm. trying to make it more client-centric and client-friendly. We also want to psychologically engage the client. We also, you know, the more the client can help us, the better and be involved. The client's more satisfied. I mean, the number one complaint for an attorney is they don't call me enough. They can never call me back, right? right. And right. what about having them stuck right in the middle, feeding you documents and information right into your system? So we have the ability to do that. We just haven't activated it. I think we have some, but now we need to do that with every single client and not just the client portal, but, uh, but you know, send info on how to use it. Like doc list to upload. And test it in-house. And that's part of our process and procedures, okay? And that's what we want. And if I've got a nationwide benefits processing unit and team, right? It's marketing nationwide mm-hmm. or worldwide. Because for veterans, they're all over. Right. I should be able to involve them right in the process from the beginning. And they can help me do it quicker, Okay. There's other things to, I mean, there's other things I need. I need to, what would I say? Write down. All processes and procedures. And I'm not sure how to do that because it's hard to hit pause and take out enough time to get that done. Yeah. Unless you designate someone to do it. Well, delegation is a big step. It is their job. Or hire an outside party. I could do that too. Right? And I actually have an outside party. Robbie Reynolds, I might need your help doing this. And that's a good point. Point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Robbie after this, okay? But if the universe is calling people out there, right. which it almost certainly is, you're just not listening. So, so I know that I need to do these things. These are the things that I need to do to move to the next level with my yeah. office, with my practice. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there are uh, landing pages that we're running right now that collects information that plugs the client in as a lead. Okay, Mm -hmm. automatically. Fix VA, and then duplicate to other areas of our practice. And I know those are things we need to do. And then, so to contact us, if you have any questions, okay? Yeah. If you have any questions for us, I think I'm going to go back and edit out all this stuff. I can do that. Okay. So to contact us, 
you can look us up on uh, Facebook. It's uh, Lawyer Greg or Twitter, Lawyer Greg, uh, the LawyerGreg.com website. Uh, there's tons of stuff on the website, tons of videos. Uh, read the Rockstar Lawyer book, right? Yes. There's multiple versions up uh, from the ebook to the uh, enhanced ebook with videos. You can call us toll free at 866 866 6472. And you can get the Rockstar Lawyer book. You, know, you can get it on ebook on iTunes or on Amazon. The audiobook should be up shortly. Okay, we're still working on it. And uh, we'd be glad to come out and do talks or seminars wherever you need us. Uh, listen to the podcast. We come at you every week with interesting information that we believe will benefit you in your life and business. It does. It's very cathartic for me, and I enjoy it. We're working on another book right now, Rob and I, are called Multi Multi. That'll be a sequel to Rockstar Lawyer, which is not about lawyering at all. It's about business, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, I just happen to be a lawyer. <laughs> and webinars would be, you know, we need to we need to look into doing some webinars, Rob. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. We need to get the webinars up and going. So upcoming next week's episode. What are yeah, we doing we next week? We don't know. We don't know? We haven't spoken about next week yet. All right. Something will develop. Do. We'll come at you with a new topic, okay? A brand new topic next week. So we'll see you next week on the Rockstar Lawyer Project. Bye. Have a great weekend.